That was the replacements with Left of the Dial here at 97X, plus some Nirvana with In Bloom, and Firehose was flying the flannel. Coming up tonight, it's the six-pack. Here are six unforgettable songs from this Minneapolis band. By the way, did you know that Paul Westerberg just turned 60? Isn't that hard to believe? But that's coming up on the six-pack tonight here at 97X Replacements, celebrating 60 years of Paul Westerberg in this world. Dave. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. Paul did turn 60 the same day I turned slightly less than 60. Yeah. But we're not on 97X anymore. We're not? No. I want to hear a six-pack from them. Yeah. Yeah, but no. We're just doing a podcast about our days at 97X. A podcast. Yeah, uh-huh. it's this new thing. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? We have, like, I think a communications professor from Miami University on the line. So maybe he can walk us through that. You may know him better as Joe Sampson, former Breakfast Club co producer. Joe, are you there? I am. Could you please explain what a podcast is to Dave? I believe it's a digital audio file that's available for download and listening with earbuds, typically available in a series or serial format. Wow, Professor. Man. Are you wearing one of those sport coats with little uh, patches over the elbows while discussing this? I am. I've got patches. I'm wearing nothing but tweed. <laughs> As is the custom. Well, before we talk about your current job, let's talk about way, way back. So you were a student at Miami University, and you were in a long conga line of Breakfast Club co-producers. And I vividly remember your job interview, but do you? I Not vividly, but I was thinking about this uh, when I was invited to be on the podcast. Uh, and uh, I remember... There was a Nerf basketball hoop uh, in the office, if you call it that, that you and Rick had uh, for the interview. And I remember I was I was uh, hot that day from range, so uh, I think I was uh, lighting up the Nerf basketball hoop, and I have to think that that helped me land the position. Well, that and your dulcet tones. I mean, come on, that voice, those pipes, Joe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had been working at WMUV, uh, your local source for, for rhythm and news, uh, for two years at Miami. And uh, I worked there as a board operator and as an overnight DJ, and uh, playing a lot of Four Freshmen and Glenn Miller Orchestra. So uh, I was excited to have the chance to come over to 97X and uh, be around music that was a little bit more uh, aligned with my own interests. So. I think maybe I did okay on the on the uh, entrance exam as it relates to the playlist. Now, I heard you wanted to leave WMUB because you were going to have to be Mama Jazz's masseuse. Is that true? <laughs> That's possible, but here's, here's an absolutely true story. When I worked as her board operator, uh, her shift would end, I think, probably around 10 o'clock, and uh, she would ask me to drive her... Uh, drive her back home so she her her, uh, her I think it was an old real cutlass was parked in the WMU parking lot and I would drive her maybe a half a mile to her Oxford residence uh, and then uh, walk back to work so that's absolutely true 
Was she drunk? Why did you have to drive her car home? Well, she uh, was a little bit up there in age at the time, and uh, just, um, I don't know if she was drunk or not. It's possible. But um, another thing that I'm remembering is she was a sweet old lady, and uh, she would bring in uh, tomatoes and produce and, and give them to me and the other student board operators, and she'd say it was from her little garden, and then if you looked, I remember looking at tomatoes once closely and it still had the Kroger produce stamp on it but it was still it was a nice thought she grew them for Kroger because it was that fresh at the Oxford Kroger save-on yes that's right you know you remember that WMUB uh, stood for with mama until bedtime (laughs) (laughs) but I know we're here to talk about that other Oxford radio station exactly and so too much time talking about WMUB after you passed the Nerf Hoop audition, you became a Breakfast Club co-producer, and you have a strong affinity for the Minneapolis bands. You just love them. I do. Uh, if I had the, well, the Replacements, of course, are my favorite band of all time. But love Soul Asylum, Husker Du, Jayhawks, uh, incredible amount of great music coming out of Minneapolis, St. Paul in the '80s, which. I was listening to in high school. I went to high school in the mid to late 80s and then all the way through college, through the 90s as well. Uh, Trip Shakespeare is another Minneapolis band. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's just remarkable how much great music was in that town, you know, in that sort of decade of the 80s, early 90s. And it's great to be at 97X where you had the opportunity to play that music as well. And so you were co-producer only for a semester or two, right? And then... Right. Yeah, so another co-producer who I hope you'll have a chance to talk to, Romy the homie, Steve Romer, and I lived together the summer of our junior year, which would have been 93, in Oxford. And Romer was already working at the station with Damien and Rick and suggested that I might try the same. So I have to give him credit for it mentioning the opportunity to me uh and uh, yeah the summer of 93 through um it through the start of my senior year so probably nine maybe nine nine months as much as a, maybe a year uh, i can remember at five o'clock in the morning riding my little schwinn 10-speed bicycle west of campus out to 97x i think i followed some railroad tracks is that right does that sound right it's like parallel railroad tracks yeah yeah out to the, out to the station and then i moved up uh, either borrowed or leased a beautiful honda from damien the silver sled which i know has come up in previous podcast discussions uh and and had the chance to move up from the 10 speed bicycle to the schwinn uh it, it all odd hours early mornings overnight that type of thing I have a question. I, I, number one, I, I swear you worked there for like five years as an intern. I don't know why. It, it maybe just felt like it. No, the intern was short, and then I was hired. I don't know. I guess technically you'd call it hired. I filled out a tax form, but I don't think I made enough money to qualify to have to submit federal taxes. But uh, Phil Manning uh, sat me down uh, close to graduation. I graduated in the spring of '94. And he said, you know, there's an opportunity if you want to be an overnight weekend DJ. Mm -hmm. 
and he made me listen to a uh, air check cassette of Damien interviewing Greg Dooley from the Afghan Whigs. I, I do remember this quite well. And he said, "Now we'll hire you for I think two or three dollars an hour, and uh, but you have to you have to be like this. You know, this is the gold standard." So I said, "Well, I'll try." And so I worked as an overnight weekend DJ, um, probably for uh, maybe nine months through graduation and in the summer of '94. Uh, and I had to. Um, clean out the station on that overnight, that lonely overnight shift mm-hmm. where you're the only one in there. No, you weren't. The, uh, the, the, the raccoon was with you. There's, there's always two. <laughs> yes. Uh, so working that Saturday, Friday and Saturday night, midnight to six shift, gentleman Jim Mercer would come in and replace me at, promptly at 6 a.m. But remember having to go into Steve Baker's office and clean out the ashtray and the Diet Coke cans and haul all that stuff out to the trash so it felt pretty cool to be a college student with a job at 97x but i was quickly humbled by the janitorial responsibilities <laughs> as well it was the yin and yang how did you come up with the name the moniker mighty joe samson uh that was given to me i remember referring to myself on the air as the don cornelius of modern rock <laughs> that was very <laughs> very inside reference yes. people only of a certain age remember Don Cornelius, but I, I think that the mighty Joe Sampson came from Rick and Damien on The Breakfast Club. Yeah, there's an old movie, Mighty Joe Young, mm-hmm. and I think there's a gorilla in it, and yeah. then at some point, Grant Lee Buffalo, but after we gave you the the Mighty Joe Sampson moniker, then Grant Lee Buffalo had an album, Mighty Joe Moon. Great album. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was... Uh, there were some great uh, interns, um, Romy the homie, as I mentioned, um, my future wife, Allison, well, Allison Matthews at the time was the Breakfast Club intern a couple of years after me. You mean Connie so, Consuelo? Uh, you mean Connie yeah, Consuelo? Connie Those are air names. Yeah. We never I mean, said her real name. It's it's Connie Consuelo. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll, yeah. you'll edit that part out. Yeah, for we me. will. Connie Consuelo. Yeah. Uh, maybe there can be a, just a podcast episode on the interns, the intern, uh, uh, a legendary long list of, of great young people. Uh, for me, working for concert tickets, CDs, and stuff like that was actually better than being on the roll, for, as I mentioned earlier, the minimum pay. Yeah. Because I wound up spending my money on that same stuff anyway. So, you know, it was actually a better deal for me just to be the intern, I think. Were you a member of the 97X softball team? I was. I thought so. Uh, I can remember playing over at Cook Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that question prompts a memory, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I remember a softball game with members of the Royal Crescent Mob. Would that be right? That is absolutely right. In a keg of beer. Yeah. Uh, yes. In uh, a keg of beer, which is something I spent a lot of my time in college uh, around. Yeah. Uh, I think I can. I think I can say that. That's that's probably fair. But no, I remember being on the softball team. I think didn't there were there was a jersey like a uniform too, or yeah, is that yeah, not right? Yeah, it was. I think it had the Warner Brothers logo. It was brought to you by somebody. I think Gaggy Tom. Yeah. Somebody, somebody sponsored that thing. Yes, I hope it wasn't the George Costanza, you know, uh, New York Yankees uh, <laughs> uniform idea that he had. <laughs> the all cotton uniform. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I remember playing. Uh, I was really involved in intramural sports. So, yeah, it would have made sense to play and softball that, as well. That was intramural. That was definitely intramural. Yes, yes. With Steve Baker, he was on the team, I remember, and Bill Douglas. Yeah, I, I'm remembering that now. Yeah, it was fun. But, Joe, we like to call you, uh, with apologies to Howard Stern, the king of all media. Because after leaving 97X, I believe you did had a short stint as a reporter or a writer for City Beat or Everybody's News. You worked at yeah. Channel 19. You worked at several TV stations. Yeah, yes. Uh, the stint at City Beat was, was short. I, um, but So I, graduated, I stayed at 97X as I mentioned, a little bit past graduation in the summer of 94. And then went home to Ogden, Utah at the time uh, to make some money and then came back to Cincinnati um, in the fall of 94. Uh, Damien was nice enough to give me a temporary shelter in Mount Adams in exchange for watching some basset hounds, I believe. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I was hired at I was I was actually very fortunate. Uh, Channel 19, um, we had just started doing news. The television station had been around forever, but uh, they never they didn't have a news operation. And I was able to be a part of that from the ground up uh, as a and very entry level news production assistant, running the teleprompter and writing some news scripts. So that was my start in television news. I wound up working in TV news for about a about 12 years, uh, working my way up um, as a field producer and a news producer. Then I went to Dayton and managed the newsroom uh, for only one year while still commuting from Cincinnati. And then about six years at WCPO, the script station in Cincinnati, just sort of in various capacities, either line producing newscasts, uh, working on the assignment desk, doing some field producing things like that. And now you uh, are a professor, I believe, emeritus, yeah. a professor emeritus yes. or just uh, a professor? Uh, I teach journalism at Miami, so for all the listeners out there, out there all things are truly possible. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I went to, um, I'd say in the early 2000s, I, after about 10 years in TV news, um, I thought maybe it change might be a good idea uh, just because as you guys know the schedule is difficult and whatnot and so I, I decided to go to graduate school at Damien's alma mater Xavier University go muskies uh, yeah go muskies uh, so um, I put myself through graduate school which then opened up the opportunity um, to do some part-time teaching at Miami um, kind of out of the blue uh, in the fall of 2001, uh, but earning a graduate degree made me eligible to join the faculty full-time, and now I'm in my 17th year teaching at Miami. Um, that, that isn't quite the king of all media. He's right about that. Um, but looking back <laughs> at your time at 97X, what did you find, you know, I don't want to say the best part, but what did you come come away with uh uh, working part time as an intern, taking out trash. Well, <laughs> um, I just thought it was really pretty cool. To um, most of my time was as, uh, was as the intern, so I thought it was really pretty awesome to be a college student in Miami and and work at the station because 
um, I mean, anybody of a certain age knows what a big deal 97X was in town and in the surrounding area. So, um, I mean, I really enjoyed, I loved radio, I still do, but working at MUB was very different, uh, sort of for all the obvious reasons. But 97X was felt a lot like my college experience. It was just, it was a lot of fun. I loved the music, genuinely. The people were great, and I would have been going to these concerts anyway, but to be able to go as part of the station and, you know, help with promotions and whatnot, I just, whatever opportunity was made available, I think I took it, and Steve Romer and I were kind of partners in crime. We did a lot of station events together. So um, I kind of look back on it almost as an extension of my college experience because it was just, a, a lot of thing, a lot to learn, and just a lot of fun. Ninety-seven X, W O X Y, Oxford, Cincinnati. The future of rock and roll. But uh, Joe, actually, in your day job, you run uh, into Steve Baker fairly often, right? Uh, not. Uh, we see each other. It's always great to see him. You know, and all kidding aside, uh, I always say that. Baker is the hardest working employee at that university. Um, you know, if when and if he ever retires, they they need to put him in the Miami Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, but so uh, we have the university's television studio in our building, so that would be why I would see him uh, when he's coming over to drop off some stuff uh, to run on the cable channel or pick up some something related to. The uh, Miami Athletics Broadcasting. So yeah, I see him maybe once a month. Uh, always in a hurry, but always get it, always take a chance to try and catch up for a minute. You know, you know ask what? him how the how the how the uh, Red Hawks are looking and whatnot. You know, you know, one thing that is amazing about Bake is at sixty years old he went back and got his associate degree because he never had a, any degree and he of any inter- university. I mean, he bleeds. Miami sports and Miami University, and, and that was a really cool thing he did this year. No, oh, it's absolutely. I mean, I think as a, somebody who teaches there now, it's a it's, it's just an inspiration, yeah. a, you know, a tribute to lifelong learning. And you're right, I think 50% of his blood is red and the other 50% is white. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bake for 20-plus years at 97X – such a great ambassador for the station, the voice of the station. And then uh, during that time did the Miami football and basketball, but post 97 X has really grown in that role and really is now, you know, like the, the heart and soul of Miami sports. And it's just, it's amazing. And he's such a wonderful guy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, as I said earlier, there's nobody, you know, we're a university with, you know, a couple thousand employees, I don't think there's anybody in Miami who cares more or works harder, and that's been true for a long time. So I, I don't have any pull there, but I've often thought to myself, you know, when he does hang it up, and I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, but when that day comes, you know, whatever I can do to get that university to, to do something, in, you know, that sort of honors that. I do believe he belongs in their, in their athletic hall of fame at a certain point. I feel strongly about that as an alum and as an employee. No doubt. All right, we'll we'll get the uh, petition going online for that one. Now, when you <laughs> teach students these days, and you say, "I used to work in radio," do you get a lot of quizzical looks? <laughs> well, it, you know, I do teach our audio journalism classes, and I don't. Re- I have to refer to them either as audio or podcast. Uh, radio, you know, 
when I talk about radio, I try and have the students understand sort of from a global perspective because globally speaking, radio is, remains the most um, dominant and, and most widely used medium because of its relatively it's relatively affordable. It doesn't require any sort of the ability to read. Uh, it's widely transmittable. So, you know, in, in the parts of the world that are most densely populated, I try and have students think about the role radio plays. But in their daily lives, no, it's certainly changed. We still have the WMUB radio tower outside our building, but um, that's probably the last sort of physical marker of that 60 years of having WMUB in the building. Well, if but you could... college students still listen to radio in the car, when, you know, or in the, in the Uber, I should say. So um, <laughs> uh, they know what it is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually all right with them, you know, living in the podcast world because really I just want them listening to audio and whatever format that takes. Fine. Well, Joe, as if you could do us a favor, you know, just because you used to work with us, like next time you're teaching a class and you say, you know, well, famous podcasters, you know, Conan O'Brien, Mark Marin. Dave and Damien from the 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush podcast. Just sneak it in there, and maybe then they'll follow us. Well, I can do better than that. I can just assign it and make them listen to it if you prefer. Oh, yeah, it yeah. should be a mandatory. Well, double our 49 yeah. uh, subscribers. <laughs> yes, I'll have them write a critical essay on the final exam, an argumentative essay about uh, what they've listened to and. The only way they'll get the answer right is they'll know whether they've listened or not. So I'll uh, I'll I'll say you know uh, what did you learn in the episode with uh, Aaron Borns and I'm looking for Sporting Kansas City for the answer. Yes, you have to listen. Fantastic. You know it. You mentioned that you are married to another co-producer at 97X, Connie Consuelo, but the two of you didn't know each other at Oxford. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my my wife Allison is a Miami grad, and I sometimes say, you know, at work at Miami that when this comes up, you know, and I'll say this here because I think it probably fits as well, that if if uh, we had known each other in college, we would have never gotten married, and that has everything to do with me and nothing to do with her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, Damien, uh, you know, gets the fifty percent credit for introducing me to. Allison uh, in Cincinnati in the spring of 1997, uh, along with uh, our friend, mutual friend, Amy Turk. But um, Allison uh, worked at 97X and uh, did a lot of the same things that I did uh, about a year or two after after I did. So, yes. Is that, is it, can we say we're the only married former co-producer couple? Is that safe? I, I don't know. Do we have any others? Hmm. I, I think you're safe. Yeah. Rick Tile keeps We've been track married, of yeah, 20, 20 years now. Hey, congratulations. That's awesome. Well, All right, Joe, we'll let you get back to it. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you. 97X. 97X.